1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
2: Hello, you're listening to Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. Woohoo!
3: We're back for another episode. Mm -hmm. Um, This one, I feel. Lee, do you agree? Probably one of the most jam-packed episodes. I, I'm, I've got like my hands up in the air. I don't know why.
2: <laughs> <We're> <laughs> Cam-
3: <laughs> there's a camera looking at us somewhere. I'm trying to be uh, jazz hands. But yeah, we have uh, our review of Booksmart, which we'll delve into.
2: Bloody loved that film. Fantastic. It was
3: so funny. And then we've got the usual, what our big new releases this week were, movie news and trailers yep. and uh, what's out uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Lee, Booksmart.
2: So, as I said, absolutely hilarious. I really bloody loved this film, but I'm closer to the demographic, the target demographic, than you are probably, so I'm curious to see what
3: you took from it. Why do you say that? What's the difference? I feel like it's female empowerment. Definitely. Focus on female empowerment. Mm -hmm. Female friendship. Female friendship. It was really great and refreshing. I mean, it was another coming-of-age movie, which Hollywood make all the time, Mm -hmm. but what I really enjoyed about Booksmart was that it, it played to that genre so differently.
2: Yeah. It was and more intelligent, I thought.
3: But really intelligent, but not alienating. Mm. Like you didn't feel like you didn't fit in yeah. because of some of the – because our main characters were highly intelligent mm. young women mm. and they really empowered each other, like like you,
2: yeah. like you said. such a great example of female friendship. So, yeah. so good.
3: Yeah. And just really fun. And quirky mm-hmm. AF. Yeah. This movie went in directions that mm. I did not expect – one particular scene which i think you're looking at me trying to read my mind yeah when they're on drugs yeah and they think they're dolls yeah or oh, it's just the most left of center thing that you did not expect to happen
2: yeah and i laughed so hard i
3: cried it like and so it went on and on but I, w- I i wanted the rest of the movie to be a stop motion animation of them in dolls it was yeah. so entertaining yeah they get spiked they uh, this character Gigi who we'll talk about later like some strawberries mm-hmm. with some hallucinogenic stuff and they think they're dolls. Mm-hmm. And the film turns into this stop-motion animation where they're realising what they look like, you look like, and they're, and they're loving their new barbing bodies and <laughs> and stuff. It's just really trippy and funny. Yeah, really good. And then how that scene ends, it, like, they pay it off with the, the bit just comes to a perfect end yeah. where they're walking out of the house. <laughs> like dolls. The- <laughs> like dolls, but it's them in real life. Yeah, good. I was sad when that scene ended, but, you know, the movie did not slow down in pace from there. No. It just kept delivering all the good moments.
2: It was like a more intelligent, cleverer, super bad. Yeah. Without a really toilet humour.
3: Right. I mean, was this toilet humour? I mean, <laughs> the- someone, yeah. someone got vomited on.
2: There was some masturbation humour.
3: Yeah, actually, that... <laughs> that arc of masturbation <laughs> they like kept delivering right to the end yeah with the panda yeah I, oh can't reveal to shit i forgot we don't do spoilers here but um well it's not really a spoiler not really a spoiler anyway watch out for the panda yeah all right and this movie like uh, look i know i'm jumping to the end but go and see this movie it's so great funny anyway we'll keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah. that's a bit premature
2: so the main stars were well the. Characters were Molly and Amy, played by Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dugan, who have both had they quite new actresses, but they both had a mm. mix of comedy roles and serious roles. Yeah, and they had such great chemistry
3: and perfect chemistry.
2: I loved them as best friends. Yeah, it was so good,
3: and they played with the script so well, mm-hmm. and you believed that they were friends. I always think about, and this might come out of um, you know director's commentary or you know interviews and whatever. But when you're an actor and you have to be, have a believable, really close relationship, they tend to like hang out beforehand and do all these mm. things. I, I would be gobsmacked if they didn't do that, if they went on set and had this great chemistry. Mm. But I mean, you just never know. They were just so, you believe that they were best mates.
2: Yes. The film was directed by Olivia Wilde, who's an actress, has been in a lot of things. And obviously it's, this is her first feature. Yeah. I think she just smashed it out of the park.
3: Absolutely. She being, such a great job. You would not think it was a first-time director.
2: No. Lots of interesting choices like the stop-motion animation. Yeah. There was, there was one thing I want to talk about where inevitably the characters have a big fight, they have a big falling out because you can't have this great, amazing relationship without having some kind of um, falling out and there was a big fight at the party where they – I think because we didn't get a lot of their backstories as individuals, um, I think the fight probably wouldn't have been felt enough but what Olivia Wilde chose to do was was take the sound off them fighting so it went it went silent and you yes. just see them mouthing things at each other and yelling at each other and these great emotions on their face and these hurt and the things you can guess the things they were saying to each yeah. other so they didn't they didn't hit you over the head with what they were saying and I think that gave it more of an impact it was oh. a really interesting choice that made you feel it more.
3: Absolutely other there was a really unique uh, style that Olivia mm-hmm. Wilde chose because in yeah, it packed a punch mm. And you ultimately didn't know The one thing that they said to each other That stopped the fight yep. And made them like actually silent yep. And then walk away from each other yeah, And that had a big impact Another thing that made that scene right And maybe I, I blinked and missed But mm. help me here Did she choose to capture that whole moment In one shot From when when, when Amy got out of the pool mm. That was one shot, like, shot when- Through the house yep. To the fight the sound went down, they walked away. Like, that was a few minutes. Yeah, it was
2: good. It was and, well done.
3: And that's why you don't think that it's a first-time director mm-hmm. to make those ballsy shots because you need to be able to communicate mm-hmm. to all the departments what you're trying to achieve here mm-hmm. from like technical ability with the camera moving, but then also directing the actors mm-hmm. and getting them from a place where they're literally getting out of a pool and she would have been cold about whatever. Mm-hmm. And then having that emotional moment. I wonder how many times they did that yeah. take. It would have been intense. It
2: would have been interesting, yeah. Mm. And as I said, it basically the movie is just a snapshot of the end of high school. Yeah. One night where these two very intelligent book smart girls haven't really felt like they've let loose in high school so they decide to have one night where they mm. let loose and um we so we don't get to see a lot of them as individuals as I said and you get a little bit of a glimpse into a couple of their home lives like where they live and their parents very briefly yeah. played by Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte.
3: So good. Hilarious. Yeah. Scene stealers.
2: But I don't think we needed it I don't think I no. needed that backstory I think it was fine as a snapshot.
3: I love when movies are in the fact that we are going to cover like a 24-hour period. Mm. And it's kind of, it reminded me, these films are not dissimilar in some ways, but Game Night, where mm. it just followed that one night. yeah. And it is really, this Smart is this crazy series of events, mm. of unfortunate events, of funny events, etc., mm-hmm. that happens over the course of one night. And there's a lot of crazy things where it's like, You've got to suspend belief because yeah. the character of Gigi, which we brought up earlier, just keeps popping up at all these house plays yeah. that they're trying to get to. And it's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is crazy. This movie is crazy, but it is also real. It has real elements yeah. to it as well. But sometimes you just got to like shift yeah. the, uh, the possibilities of things actually yeah.
0: happening.
2: And I think from a director's point of view, it's a harder job to do to get people to be invested in this film and in these characters when you – don't have that backstory and you don't mm. have all that time to build up to the climax or whatever yeah. and you've got just this one night.
3: Yeah. Because you've got to believe those things can legitimately happen you've got emotionally yeah. in the course of one night. You've though.
2: got to know these characters instantly. And yeah. I think Olivia Wilde did a great job with that.
3: She really great did. Job.
2: Um, okay. So let's talk about Gigi.
3: Okay. Yeah. I only brought up five times.
2: Yeah. He's absolute batshit. Crazy character who just keeps popping up, played by Billy Lord, who's Carrie Fisher's daughter.
3: And I didn't know until, like, literally 10 minutes ago. Before we started (laughs) recording, I was like, oh, it's Carrie Fisher's daughter.
2: Mm. She's this crazy, drugged up, I don't know, mentally unstable. All of the above. Does she go to their high school? I don't even know if she went to their high school. She just kind of appears.
3: No, I don't think she did. (laughs) She just... Or she went to her own high school in her own mind. I
2: don't know, yeah. She just keeps appearing at all these parties and she randomly has all these insights about them and yeah. is just nuts. She's nuts. Yeah. And hilarious.
3: Hilarious. She caps the crazy. Mm. Everything else, nothing is really as crazy as Gigi. <laughs> so that kind of like sets that level and everything kind of molds in, in between, underneath her. Yeah, so it's kind of that, that the heels and valleys of the crazy and Gigi is definitely at the peak of all those, you know, four or five moments that she features in, yeah. in the film. And
2: Did you have any criticism?
3: I did have a criticism and it's not, Maybe mine from my own insight that I took away. I didn't really know a lot about this movie going in, and some movies I prefer to do that, whereas others I want to know everything about. Mm-hmm. This one I felt like I needed to go in with as fresh eyes as possible. Mm-hmm. It premiered at the Sydney Film Festival a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. all the rest of it, I didn't get to see it then, so I avoided the reviews. But there was one thing that a friend had said, that the the gay characters in it are really stereotypical. Yeah, but I wasn't too bothered by their representation, because this movie, I guess was all high school coming-of-age movies have a heightened stereotype with some of their characters. Mm -hmm. This one, I think, played the balance really well. So, yeah, I wasn't too bothered.
2: Well, I think at the beginning, as well as far as the heterosexual characters anyway, it sought to sort of destroy those preconceptions by saying that, you know, some of the students who were... Idiots and let loose and clowns and didn't really care about school. Actually, totally. got into Yale and Harvard, and that's what sort of set everything in motion. That
3: and that was something Molly couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. There's this great scene in the bathroom where you know she's got this arrogance about her and her mm-hmm. intelligence, and, it's, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then realizing that these who she thinks are people who don't care about academia and mm-hmm. the, the rest of their lives have actually done really well for themselves but also had a bit of fun on the side, <laughs> which therein lies the premise of this movie, which I don't think we've actually mentioned, is mm. that Molly and Amy then realised that we've only got one more night left of high school for us to say that we both partied and, and, well, and did well in school because they've noticed that everyone around them has done that mm. and they're kind of sitting ducks going, well, we kind of fucked up here. Mm. Let's, you know, have some fun. And So that's the story that we followed.
2: One, one little criticism that I had was – to the supporting characters and a little bit stereotypical, there was um, a particular character called Triple A who's known as the, I don't know, the high school slut, slut if you will, uh, who they sort of set that up in the beginning and that they make a couple of comments about her giving roadside assistance to, <laughs> to the guys in the class and that's how she gets the nickname Triple A but then they don't really revisit that. Later on in the movie she comes back mm-hmm. and she sort of says, oh, it actually really hurts my feelings. I don't mind that the boys say that about me but... I don't like that the girls say yeah. about me. And for a movie that is really all about subverting expectations and bolstering female friendship and supporting other women, it felt like it was just way too small and way too rushed over for me.
3: Yeah, I think it was just a moment of convenience in the story that mm-hmm. that conversation could happen. Yeah. I agree. I feel like that made, as important as it was, to have that dialogue between the characters, yeah, it did feel like they were... Uh, Excuse me. In the screen where I was like, oh, shit, we need to revisit this. Mm. Where can we fit it into the story?
2: Yeah, because that's a big part of the theme of the movie and it was only a token couple of minutes towards the end where they addressed, oh, actually, you know, we're preaching about equality but you're also sort of putting down other people Mm. in the class that you don't think are worthy of your time or effort or, you know. So, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of that.
3: One thing, can I talk about in a speech at the end? Or is that the graduations? The graduation speech. Yeah, Just as a theme, I liked that it didn't go on for too long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Mean Girls, but when she breaks the tiara and throws it into the crowd, oh, yeah, also, which is which is great cinema. Like yeah. it's iconic for 15 years ago. I, I feel like this this was dealt with really well because it could have got a bit too much, mm-hmm. and she didn't go on, and it was it was just a nice way of wrapping up the themes of the movie, I, I suppose. And I know I was when I was oh god, they've got to have that. Valedictorian speech mm-hmm. and i thought is this going to be really heavy-handed a, yeah just too much but it wasn't and i was like okay. pleasantly surprised. Yeah.
2: and mm. talking more about the supporting characters the adults in the film mm. again like when they make their arrival to the graduation speech they kind of make it in very dramatic fashion and i just kept thinking why are the teachers not saying anything like that? i feel
3: like no but teachers in coming of age high school comedies they don't give a shit no like they're they're just so they're just so relaxed they they don't know what they're doing
2: yeah, it's a bit It's a bit of a tired trope, I think. But I, Why is that, though? I don't know. Maybe because they don't want them to take any focus. But mm. Jason Sudeikis was the principal, mm. who is Liverwald's husband mm. in real life. And he did a great job, but he was just, yeah, he just really didn't care. And, no, he and didn't. And then we had this other teacher who, who wanted to be the, you know, this young teacher who was the favourite teacher, who wanted to be the cool teacher who helps them out throughout the film. I had an issue with her as well because I just thought, what? Is the point of her beyond coming to help the students? She ended up at a party, hooking mm. up with a student.
3: I felt like that was so really so unnecessary.
2: unnecessary. Yeah,
3: because she was a cool teacher, I think until that point.
2: And that kind of, I kind of went, "Is he eighteen? Well,
3: he Isn't was weird. twenty. Was he? Yeah, because she asked him.
2: Oh, did I miss right? that? I missed that. Yeah, God.
3: and he says yes or something. Yeah. So it's fine because he repeated that's, seventh grade twice. That's so right. They kind of set up the fact that he was old and then for an audience who did not realise he was just <laughs> going to sleep with a 17-year-old. Okay.
2: I did miss that. then, yeah. but Yeah, they squeezed it in, obviously, but it still didn't fit right with me. I thought it yeah. was a bit.
3: If they were going to go down that, rate, that road, I think we should have seen more of it. Mm. And we didn't, and so it was just yeah. kind of glazed over.
2: A few things were thrown in for the sake of it. but I, yeah.
3: I think that could have ended up on the cutting room floor. but yeah.
2: Overall, though, we loved it.
3: Oh, absolutely. How many popcorn go? Fantastic. Oh, shit. Have you not put bought- <laughs> No, I haven't. <laughs> what, I had one tall. Uh, can you go first?
2: I was bouncing between four and four and a half because I really think it's really well written. I'm going Congrats. to go four and a half. I am going to go four and a half because wow. it's, it's really well written. There were some moments where it fell down a little bit, but overall it was just... I just didn't care because it was hilarious. It made me feel good. It was such a great story, such great directing, such great performances. I just loved it.
3: I think this movie's going to become a cult classic. Yeah. Is that too obnoxious to say? I don't know. I just get vibes from it. And it will find a new audience slowly over the years Mm -hmm. because I don't think it made too much noise initially. No. It's very well received, but...
2: The themes are so universal.
3: Yeah. I was just in that small 10 seconds... And I'm thinking between three and a half to four popcorn kernels, I'm going to land on four.
2: Yeah, we'll four on the smart. Mind.
3: Yeah. I it's definitely deserving of that.
2: Yeah. Other big new releases this week that came out along with Book Smart were Stuber. I <laughs> Did <laughs> no, you hear it's... that eye roll? Did you hear that eye roll? This is
3: it an audible eye roll.
2: An Uber driver gets dragged into the chase for a terrorist with Dave Batista? How do you say this? Batista?
3: De Batista.
2: As the grizzled detective and Kumail Mangiani as Stu, the mild-mannered Uber driver. Yeah. It is what it sounds like.
3: It is exactly what it sounds like. Another one that uh, that's out this week is Hail Satan. This
2: is really interesting. Do
3: you want to talk about that one?
2: I don't know too much about it. I haven't seen it. But it's a documentary tracing the fast rise of the Satanic Temple, which is a religious movement in America. They're fairly new. They're only six years old. But it's one of the fastest rising religions, ever or something. And it's and this is like a tongue in cheek look at them, but also reframing how we see Christianity. I think so. It's a it's a bit of a tongue in cheek jab at Christianity, rather than being about this sort of cult like religion. I
3: just love these sorts of documentaries mm. and stories. It like, really makes you think. Yeah, I am just gobsmacked that this is a real thing. Crawl is another big release. It, it, it follows a, a woman who's trapped in a flooded house after a hurricane and she has to save her father and herself from killer alligators
2: mm-hmm. who have gotten into the house but somehow can't get out and are, are going for her, attacking her.
3: I'm all for those monster movies. So, well, is it a monster movie or like it's a monster thriller or something like
2: yeah. It but. depends if the alligators have had any sort of radioactive
3: interference. Well, that could be the plot twist. Mm, maybe. Have we just figured it out? No. So, they're the three big releases this week.
0: Besides books. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans.
3: Let's kick off movie news. A few things to list here. Yeah. Vanessa Kirby is tipped to play Selena Kyle, um, aka Catwoman. Another mm-hmm. one in Matt Reeves' The Batman. So that's I like this choice? Yeah, I do. I, I do too. You may have. Um, you will soon see Vanessa Kirby in uh, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. She plays. Um, she plays Jason Statham's sister mm. in Hobbs and Shaw. Um,
2: she was also in Mission Impossible. She was, also, oh yeah, she was also Princess Margaret in The Crown. She's doing really well.
3: And kind of has quite a range mm-hmm. in her acting ability. So, I mean, how do you feel about them, that the Catwoman's going to be in the new iteration of Batman?
1: I
2: like it in theory. I'm still not loving Rob Pattinson as Batman.
3: No, I'm kind of waiting for that to be, oh, scheduling conflict, you can't play Batman. Don't want to be quick to judge. I want to really wait to see. Yeah how he brings that character to life, and I'm all bored. Mm-hmm. But it does still feel weird. Mm. I just would like to see them tackle some different Batman villains. I love Catwoman, don't get me wrong. Batman returns. I've literally got a poster in my apartment.
2: <laughs> he does. I can
3: it's, it's my favorite Batman movie. Mm. Mm. Michelle Pfeiffer is the perfect Catwoman, in my opinion, clean the car. I'm all for bringing that Catwoman, but I'm just also thinking, I want something new, mm. want something different. They'll need need to put a twist on this character, kind of like they did with Anne Hathaway Mm. in The Dark Knight Rises. I want to see something like that again. I don't know how to pronounce this actress's name. Okafina? Okafina. I think. Um, So there's been a lot of...
2: That felt very very random that we just read Okafina.
3: (laughs) Okafina. It's our
2: safe word.
3: Okafina is our safe word.
2: (laughs) So she's got be in the Little Mermaid.
3: Yeah, there's she lots of news. Lots of news about um, the Little Mermaid. So um, yeah, and Jacob Trembley,
2: mm-hmm.
3: who, who may recall from Room yeah. with Bree Larson mm-hmm. a few years ago, uh, they are cast as Scuttle and Flounder, respectively. In you guessed it, Rob Marshall is directing another Disney film, mm-hmm. uh, the live action remake of the Little Mermaid. What are your thoughts on their casting?
1: Yeah,
2: I think it's a pretty good, pretty good casting. I like that Rob Marshall's directing. I have faith in his direction? I don't. No?
3: I have just had bad experiences with the latest movies that he's directed. So, On Stranger Tides, mm. which was uh, part of the Caribbean a few years ago, 2011. Mm-hmm. But then more recently, he tackled Mary Poppins Returns. i quite into I, it. Don't you say Mary Poppins? Mary, Mary Poppins. And now it's, oh, it always sounds like a plain Mary.
2: I'm Mary Poppins. But...
3: Anyway, move on. And I really didn't like Mary Poppins Returns. This is before we started the podcast. podcast well. Yeah, I had some thoughts, but anyway. So I'm just like, eh. but who knows? He's a very visual director. Like Mary Poppins Returns looked incredible, mm. and and uh, Josh and I, my husband, we actually watched The Little Mermaid last <laughs> week, and visually, like this is on a scale. This movie is going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be expensive. If they call off some of the stuff that's in the animation, we're in for a ride. I forgot how big this movie is mm-hmm. all the set pieces, of the action that kind mm-hmm. of the scale the size yeah so I'm re- I kind of got not. more excited yeah mm-hmm. but the biggest news in Ariel mm-hmm. do you want to talk about that who's who's actually been yeah. cast so as Ariel?
2: Halle Bailey has been cast as Ariel in The Little Mermaid um which is great I awesome. happy with it I don't really know much about her she
3: she's, she's a duo with a
2: yeah she's sister. got she's got great scene.
3: Voice kind of need that, like, yeah, exactly. An
2: and that that was one of the biggest things. She's African American, yeah, which is rubbing people up the wrong way. But why? It's a bloody animation. She's from Jamaica, isn't Is an Ariel from? Well, I think from the Caribbean or something. I
3: like. think the mythology of Little Mermaid is from like Denmark, but well, I don't originally. know if she's yeah, originally. Yes, originally, so. but I don't know where the original story is set.
2: In the cartoon version, yeah. I'm pretty sure. She's... But like, this is.
3: This is fine. I'm really excited that, that this is happening. And it's not like kudos to Disney because it, it's just a casting decision that is they casted, different.
2: They casted the best person. They
3: casted the best person. Hmm. And it's going to be great.
2: What I'm interested to see is who's going to be playing King Triton. Mm,
3: who do you think? Idris Elba? He seems <laughs>
2: to come up in everything. That makes to come up in everything, Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But And then Ursula, obviously, is the big unknown still, which they thought Melissa McCarthy.
3: That makes of all the casting, that's the one that concerns me. Yeah, okay. Because Ursula is like evil, right? Mm-mm. And I feel like I don't know whether Melissa McCarthy can put in her little comedic jabs mm. here and there. I don't think it'll work. But, however, she's a fantastic actress. I love everything that she's in, basically. So I would love Queen Latifah. A- Ooh.
2: Queen Latifah would be amazing. I've heard people say Titus Burgess.
3: Oh, yeah, you said. But I
2: think, I think that might be a bit too comical. Maybe. Like, that goes in the Melissa McCarthy vein you know, of being a bit too comedic. We need him to be a bit more evil.
3: I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's really re-watching The Little Mermaid. Like, Ursula is really cheeky as well. Mm-hmm. In that, like, anyway, she's got a really big booty. So, which <laughs> I was really shocked Record since when Ursula have, like, this massive Badolka dog.
2: She has so many legs.
3: And mm-hmm. that was, like, I was like, oh, that's weird. Anyway, moving on from Ariel. Yeah. This is uh, quite exciting. Mm-hmm. Baz Luhrmann, those who don't know, is is um, making a Elvis mm-hmm. Presley biopic, mm-hmm. biopic, and there's a few big names thrown right out the mix who have actually screen tested mm-hmm. for the role, or you know, uh, Harry Styles of One Direction, Aaron Taylor Johnson, you may recall from Quicksilver in the mm-hmm. Avengers: Age of Ultron, among other films, Miles Teller mm-hmm. from Whiplash fame. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. Austin Butler, he's a Disney
2: mm-hmm.
3: Disney star. He's, he's very handsome. I'm mm-hmm. not really sure he can pull off Elvis, but I think he can sing. Mm-hmm. And Ansel Elgort.
2: I'm actually quite excited about Ansel Elgort.
3: I, I need pub there.
2: I think he could do a great job. And he also is very musical.
3: Oh, he's amazing.
2: Yeah, he can move.
3: And he will be going from West Side, the lead in West Side Story to playing Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a quite big additions mm-hmm. to his art filmography. Of all the names listed here, Mm. who would you be most excited about seeing cast as Elvis?
2: Well, Ansel, as I said, but I wouldn't mind Miles Teller as well.
3: Mm. I think Mm. he'd do a good job. Have we heard him sing before?
2: No, don't know. I'd
3: have to do some digging. Mm. I feel like he'd be able to do it. Who would you pick? I have a feeling that Aaron Taylor-Johnson would surprise us all and be really good. I don't want to see Harry Styles. No. No, just no. Mm. But yeah, either maybe Aaron Taylor-Johnson or Ansel. More Fast and Furious news mm-hmm. for Fast and Furious Nine. Mm-hmm. We have the return of Helen Mirren and Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. and production started. They've started filming. Yeah. Random. I didn't realise they'd started.
2: Uh, Samuel L. Jackson has been cast as Chris Rock's father in Saw the reboot, which nobody wanted, and we're all getting. It's got into production. Rock plays a detective mm. in the in the series.
3: Really interesting. I don't really know what to expect here.
2: It's very low on my radar, to be and honest.
3: Really low, but I mean, is it going to be? Is it going to be like the gore porn, like the other saw oh, movies tend to be? I don't know. I'm interested to see what what take, what angle.
2: Mm. So, Todd Phillips also says that his Joker film doesn't follow any comic book story arc. Which is coming this movie coming in October on October three. It's simply going to be the story of how a man could end up. Like the Joker, and I'm really fascinated by this. I think it's going to be really good.
3: He's he's come out and said that you know this will make fans mad. Mm. Ballsy statement. I don't. I'm not concerned. No, nope. because they're just taking the IP of the Joker and putting a fresh spin on it, mm. which is goes back to my point about I want them to do something like that with Catwoman. You know, yeah. maybe go left of center, maybe. Make, Ray, it different instead make it of, different
2: instead of remake the movie that we've seen a million times.
3: There are a lot of questions around this Joko film and I just feel like we're not going to get any until mm-hmm. we get the movie in October.
2: Red Notice has been picked up by Netflix.
3: Really interesting. So this was a a big bidding war last year where every big Hollywood studio wanted this, this mm-hmm. script called Red Notice and Dwayne Johnson was attached to it and he made his biggest pay took $22 million up front and mm. uh, universal picked up the rights and it was $125 million movie. And then they released this news this week that Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot are in the film, mm. but now Netflix are going to distribute it. Just yeah. really interesting. I mean, what, what changed, what happened there mm-hmm. with the universal spent a fortune yeah, and it was this huge that one of the most sought after scripts in Hollywood, you know, they, that all comes out every year, like all the biggest scripts and
2: it's a great coup for Netflix, but it's also yeah. going to fuel the fire between, you know, an argument for cinema, going to the cinema, and mm. Netflix, the war that's sort of ongoing with filmmakers at the moment and these statuses.
3: I, this movie's going to be grand in scale, and I think it's, it's something that we need to see in cinemas. And I'm really shocked that Dwayne, and I assume he's a producer on this as well, mm. and would have been part of this decision for Netflix to pick it up.
2: Mm.
3: Like, why? Anyway, really Interesting. All the dealings of movie world.
2: A little closer to home, The Invisible Man has begun production in Sydney or it's about to begin production this month.
3: I thought this was all canned because there was going to be this dark, what was it called, dark, dark universe.
2: universe. Well, it is, they're not really adhering to that dark universe thing anymore. So I think they're just still making these movies but they're not really tying them into this one universe like they were to take on Marvel. I think they've kind of let that idea go a little bit so it's not as strictly...
3: It may mm. not be known to our, our listeners here, but this was a blimp in the ready, you may have missed it, mm. where Universal were kicking off this dark <laughs> Universal <laughs> franchise, like you said, Lee, and it was starting with The Mummy, which was Tom Cruise and, and um, Russell Crowe, yeah. who was playing Jekyll and Hyde, mm-hmm. and it was meant to then branch off, and they had this big cast photo yeah. Of all these big actors, Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man and, yeah. all, and it was like these are all the movies coming out. Then the mummy didn't do so well mm. critically, commercially, and then they just pulled the plug on it all.
2: Yeah. But uh, they're still gonna make these movies. Yeah, which I didn't realize. We're still gonna get Frankenstein, I think, and we're still getting The Invisible Man, obviously, which starts production this month. So Johnny, as you said, Johnny Depp was mm. attached to that. He's not anymore. So now Oliver Jackson Cohen has been cast as the lead and he was in Not Wanting on House Hill. Okay. It's a fairly new face. But Lee Wannell of Saw fame. Yeah, Australian. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, is um, directing.
3: I'm excited about that. Yeah. Him, him behind the chair on this movie. Mm.
2: It's quite a dark film. And I think he's got the right approach for it.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I think so too.
2: So San Diego Comic-Con is happening Next week.
3: it's one of my favourite times of the year.
2: Yeah, I love it because so many spoilers drop, so many casts, so much casting news, so much film snippets get released. Yeah. But this year it's actually being more focused towards television. So the famous Hall H is really only going to get the Marvel mothership arriving Mm. rather than so Universal aren't doing anything, no Star Wars or uh, Sony panels either. No DC. No DC. Sorry, that's Wonder Woman DC. going to
3: be a few tumbleweeds. I mean, Marvel will need to make a lot of noise, but they've got a clean slate. There's no one else in their peripheral vision. Yeah. They have a lot of noise to make,
2: though. Yes, because we don't know anything about Phase 4, and I've got a feeling that we're going to get a lot of information about Phase 4, the exciting stuff. At the moment, the top two movies that will be coming next are the Black Widow, film starring Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh.
3: And I read this week Mm. that that is going to be set in between Civil War and Infinity War.
2: So it's going to be set after uh, Black Widow has defected. Mm -hmm. And there's more than one Black Widow. So it's, I think, I think it might be setting up. Black Widow for future iteration.
3: Even though it's kind of we're going back in time between two different movies, Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. I just hope that it's not going to be one of those movies where it should have been part of the release schedule Mm -hmm. in the timeline anyway. Because Like, there should have been a Black Widow movie as part of the first three phases. Like, that much is clear. Mm. Hopefully they're putting a, a really interesting spin and, yeah, setting it up for the future and it's not just... Put in there mm-hmm. to as fan service. It actually will serve a purpose, yeah. Whether or not it's Scarlett Johansson continuing, mm-hmm. which is interesting. We all know how her story played out in the end. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you reckon we're going to get any indication?
2: It could go anyway. I'm very yeah. I'm very excited to see what they reveal, what Kevin Feige reveals in Hall H. The
3: alter the Eternals is another movie. Mm. Angelina Jolie is cast. For Rich and Madden. We know bugger all about this film, mm. other than it's been made.
2: Mm. No, it's got a seal at heart. When
3: is it? When is Comic-Con?
2: Comic-Con is next week, I said, yep. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Marvel have the a, have a stage and what they're going to reveal about Phase 4. be yeah. very exciting.
3: We will certainly uncover it all mm. on our next
2: podcast. Oh, yes, we will discuss it. So there was a lot of new trailers out this week. Heaps. One that really excited me was Knives Out, Yes, yeah, which has a – Incredible cast. Everyone under the sun is in this. Chris Evans, Tony Collette, Daniel Craig, Christopher Plummer. I could just go on and on and on.
3: Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Amazing cast, yep. and we're being served with another Who It movie, mm. uh, which I love for those yep. It movies. I think this one's going to be really quirky and, and fun. Yeah. And fun.
2: And it's really interesting to see Chris Emmons in a completely different character yeah. to Captain America. He looks like a bit of a douchebag, and yeah. it looks really funny.
3: It's good that, that this movie has fallen in line with mm-hmm. him being serious Captain America and Save the World and yada, yeah. yada, and now he's, yeah, this yeah. dick
2: and Mulan we got a first look at Mulan how Mm. gorgeous was that stunning yeah
3: they had a real focus in this first teaser trailer around the action Mm. and and the setting and the environment and and all that it was quite quite beautiful but is it going to be a musical we don't really know Oh yeah
2: we didn't see much of that
3: I've I've read like a really vague quote from I think the director there will be music in it and was like well does that mean it's just a film score like I mean, those songs are iconic.
2: And we didn't get the dragon either. We didn't get his little dragon yeah,
3: sidekick. Mushu. No, Mushu. Oh.
2: I'm noticing in these Disney films, they're downplaying the sidekick. The animal <laughs> sidekicks, yeah. I mean, Abu, oh, I mean, Aladdin, I a little no. bit. He's I want- done really well, actually. But Iago, for example.
3: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't really have much of a voice no. in Aladdin. And I wonder what that'll play out in with like Flounder and because he's certainly by Ariel's side
2: the whole time. We also got a new trailer for Maleficent Mistress of Evil, which is coming later this year.
3: I feel like they gave way too much away in this trailer. You think? I've watched the fucking movie now.
2: Yeah,
3: okay. I hate when they do that. Mm. And then I regret watching the trailer. They
2: gave us a big twist, basically, (laughs) didn't they? Yeah.
3: Why? Right at the end. Yeah. There's enough there was enough interest and intrigue in how they're going to continue the story without us and I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't I'm I reckon you shouldn't watch the latest trailer, in my opinion, mm. which kind of goes against what we're here to Watch this, do that. Mm. Uh, don't do it for this latest trailer. Yeah. It looks amazing, but I'm kind of like, well, fuck. like What what more am I going to get out of this film? I yeah. feel like I've literally watched it from start to finish.
2: This next one is a movie you're really super excited about, I know. Judy, with Renee Zellberg uh, mm. and Judy Garland.
3: So we got a teaser trailer a few weeks ago, and then they dropped the full-length one. Mm-hmm. I smell an Oscar for Renee Zellweger.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, man, this movie just looks divine. I'm just really keen yeah. for it. I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, just give, um, it. give it, now. Just go. Yeah. Uh, when's that out? It's October or something. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We got Dora and the Lost City of Gold as well, which looks really fun. It does. It does
0: look really fun.
3: They unpacked this trailer a bit more. Um, this is, like, yeah. the second one. And it does play on comedy a lot. Mm-hmm. And they do refer... Because Dora is a bit older than we know her yeah, in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. But in this new trailer, they, they kind of show her as, as a girl. She's mm. a bit older teenager. She's a bit older teenager, which I think is good. Keeps the story and the IP a bit fresh and takes it to a new direction. Because I think it'd be weird if you had literally like
2: a <laughs> little girl running around.
3: running around the jungle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's probably a few reasons why they went down that road. Yeah. I'm fine with it.
2: So what's coming next week? There's the big one.
3: Oh, I, it's, no, it's a really small, limited movie. Don't think it's going to make much noise. Uh, Called The Lion King. <laughs> uh, I'm still nervous about it.
2: So we got a little snippet of Hakuna Matata. My first thought was what you were worried about, that the facial expressions and the singing. These animals are so realistic, so photorealistic. It's a, it's a little bit jarring Yeah, to see them singing because they have no expressions.
3: Yeah. Pumbaa looks weird. Yeah. Singing. Uh,
2: and the early reviews are not
3: uh, great. I uh, have well, heard any of that. Well, well, not great in what way, can you say?
2: Talking about that specifically, they're saying the visuals are gorgeous, the story Is sticking to the original story very closely. That's good. It's a
3: great story. Yeah, it's fine.
2: But again, the photorealism doesn't really work with a story like this with musical. It's gone too far the other way to make Mm it as entertaining.
3: Yeah, they went too realistic.
2: Yeah, it's more like watching a documentary with some funny voiceovers. I think is what I'm hearing.
3: They should have had um, David Attenborough voice Mufasa then.
2: I'm still really excited to see it. Me too. I am. Because The Lion King is such a great story. The voice actors are going to be amazing.
3: It's just... And probably the singing, the soundtrack is going to be incredible. Yeah. You can take on the music. Yeah. Different it's just, voices. It's
2: just whether you can... Well, whether the voices are going to be enough to give you that emotion.
3: Well, we will be seeing The Lion King this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and our next podcast... We'll be reviewing it. We'll be reviewing it. And hopefully, we'll hopefully it'll be positive... Heck, I just really want this movie to be good. I don't want to walk out of it being disappointed. Mm. We're looking very sombre right now, guys.
2: (laughs) Tim's got a sad face on.
3: Can we end this on a positive note?
2: Yes. So there's another great movie coming out next week as well. It's not all The Lion King. We've got The White Crow, which is a really beautiful movie by Ray Fiennes. Uh, We've also got Iron Mother, Apollo 11, which is celebrating the... um,
3: 50th anniversary.
2: 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Yeah. And a movie called Sink or Swim, which is about a men's synchronised swimming team, which oh, is really good.
3: No, that movie looks god awful. Really? With Rob Brydon and, yeah. and whatnot, who I actually love. Oh, no. it's There's something about a movie that it just makes, ugh, stay away. I don't know. It just looks bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Lots of men in the way public. <laughs> no,
3: I mean, I'm all for that. But uh, no, I don't know. It just feels like it's going to be really not very funny. I don't know.
2: Okay. Well, that's what's coming out next week. But this week, it's all about Booksmart. Go and see the film. Support it. It's a great, funny film.
3: It's fantastic. You will get a lot more out of it than, than you think. Head to a... I think you will need to head to a Dendi or a Palace Cinema to see mm-hmm. Booksmart. It's got a limited release, so definitely worth popping in to see that movie. Yep. Really looking forward to what we can uncover in movie news, trailers and reviews next week.
2: Yep, and we'll be back with our review of The Lion King. Ooh.
3: Uh, Thanks, guys, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave comments and follow our Instagram handle at popcornpodcast. See you
2: there.
1: See you then.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.